While We Were Working is the show that helps people who empower people at work grow in their skills and abilities while having fun listening to two HR pros talk about what you may have missed in current events, as well as topics we're seeing in the trenches as HR pros. I'm Joy Price, founder of Jumpstart HR as, and host here of While We Were Working. And as always, I'm joined with Summer Keychon, our consulting practice manager and host of While We Were Working. What's up, Summer? Hey, Joey. Hey, everyone. Super stoked for this week's show. We've got some cool topics, don't you think? I think so. This is a fun and interesting time. You know, um, a social media app was just created overnight and the world is going crazy. So I think we're going to talk about that and some other fun things. Specifically, though, our agenda, we're going to talk about Twitter versus threads. And what is threads? What is Twitter? How can we learn from the rollout of threads uh, and what it might do to impact your business? And then the topic we're going to top cover in Consultants Corner is uh, a female uh, coworker is asking a male coworker out on a date and it's making them uncomfortable. Uh, and his manager asks if he can do anything about it. So, Fun topics, as always. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Summer, what is uh, While We Were Working and what's today's article? All right. So While We Were Working is a segment of our show where we scour the internet. Uh, we look at blogs, at news outlets, really just to get a pulse for what's going on in the small business and leadership space. And we pick a topic that we think would be really great to chat about. And we know uh, you're super busy working, uh, so you might've missed it. And this week's topic is a CNBC article um, back on July 10th. And the article is called, Twitter traffic is tanking as threads hits 100 million users. Now, I think that's something worth talking about. What do you think, Joey? Yeah, I think so, too, because uh, I joined Threads uh, over the week when I was on vacation, and I've been on it every day. I think it's a nice a nice change of pace, which we'll jump into. But if you are a, um, you know, if you're, if you're rooting for Twitter, I think it just got a lot harder. So um, we'll be curious to see how it all, all plays out. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're thinking, well, gosh, like what what is there really to talk about in terms of this new social media app? And, you know, how does that apply to my business? The more that I thought about it, the more ideas that came to mind. And, and so I thought it would be really cool just for you and I to dialogue, Joey, about, you know, if you're uh, if you're a small business owner and, you know, you've heard about this, you know, what are some things that you might want to be thinking about in terms of like how it applies to your business? And I think the first one, uh, I'll go first. I think the first one that came to mind is, you know, if you think about all of the social media platforms and how they amplify your business, how they help you reach your, uh, your market, your target audience, they all have a purpose. And I think we could all agree that early adopters to these platforms have had an advantage. So the first thing that I thought of is like, gosh, you know, I don't know what this is, uh, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to figure this out and, um, you know, kind of add it to our menu of social media outlets that 
um, we build an audience on. We can't ignore it. Yeah. And another thing too, for me is uh, just reading the room of what does the social media stand for and why are people moving to it or away from it? I mm-hmm. think of what I've been experiencing with threads over the past couple of days is it's just nice to talk to people. Um, it is uh, like an agenda free um, hashtags don't work. You can, you can drop links obviously to help people explore content, but it's really just kind of going back to the good old days of telling people what's on your mind, asking people their opinion, chatting and connecting with people. So, you know, the marketing piece of it isn't quite there yet for people. And it's just nice to have a place to, to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself asking, you know, would you rather questions or just giving a glimpse into my day? Uh, for example, you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday. And one of the things that I said that got, a, got some uh, action is I was like, you know, I think Tuesday is the most underrated day of the week because... For me, it's it's so productive. You know, you're not faced by the overwhelm of Monday and Friday is just far enough in the distance that you're not like checked out yet. <laughs> so it's like the sweet spot of of uh, of days. And so um, you get to share thoughts like that. And mm-hmm. um, I think I think business people uh, either use uh, social media as a keynote stage or they use social media as a lobby to connect with people. And Threads feels more like a lobby to me. I don't know. What do you think, Summer? Well, I I was never a big Twitter user. I have an account. I started using it. And I think from very early on, the piece that really turned me away was it felt super spammy. Uh, there were, you know, what felt like lots of bot responses, and it felt more like clutter than Twitter. And, you know, to me, it's like, if I'm going to spend time on an app and engaging, I do want to have those conversations and I, I want them to be meaningful. And so if I have to kind of filter through what feel like it's a lot of work to get to the actual content, that's not really enjoyable to me. And I feel like Meta recognized that there was an opportunity here. I don't know how long ago. I mean, I know they wanted to buy Twitter a long time ago. Um, so I know that there was an interest there, but you know, from a like from a business standpoint, I really thought that this was brilliant because a lot of companies would say, well, like Twitter already exists. Like, you know, creating something that's just like it, like who's going to use it? And you know, one of the biggest, excuse me, one of the biggest challenges with when there's a new platform that pops up is building your audience, right? So it's like, you know, something new pops up and I'm like, oh gosh, like now I've got to like go find all of my friends and like, you know, I have to wait till they join. And there's just kind of that pain with like building up a new platform. And I, I just, I thought it was really brilliant that Meta, despite there already being a competitor in their space, you kind of looked at it and said, listen, like Twitter's not making some great choices right now. Yeah. Um, we're going to build, you know, our version um, of Twitter. We're going to improve it where we see that there are weaknesses and we're going to wait for the right opportunity. And I think they did. I think they timed it wisely to where 
you know, Twitter has struggled since, you know, Elon's taken over. And I don't think their timing could have been any better. Well, and so this this kind of brings it to the to the HR conversation, because part of the timing of creating threads is that Twitter just laid off a ton of people. I think um, they went from a head. They shrunk their headcount by 80 percent. And so you have all of these developers, engineers, programmers, people who are really smart about how Twitter works, what its flaws are and and how to improve it. And maybe they didn't have a voice with Twitter, but some of them joined Facebook or Meta and now we're able to launch threads. And so to me, obviously there's a whole conversation maybe with an attorney at some point about, you know, uh, NDAs and, you know, if you lay somebody off, uh, can they share trade secrets? Obviously, if you just left Twitter to go work for Meta, you're going to know some things, right? There's no there's no men in black pen that says look directly <laughs> into this and, and all trade secrets are gone. But if you are in a space where a competitor is uh, laying off a, a lot of people, um, they have uh, intellectual capital. They know what good and bad. I mean, we see it in football or sports all the time where uh, a person or a player leaves a team to go to another and they know the playbook like the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 very fascinating from an HR standpoint as much as a uh, social media and, and business at large standpoint because it's essentially trading talent. And <laughs> yeah, so so I don't know. I, I opened up a, a big thing there, but what do you, what do you think about that part, Salma? Yes, I mean, there's definitely so many things to talk about the more that I really started to think through this. Like you said, from an HR standpoint, from a business standpoint, you know, you talked about talent. But one of the things that I I was really spending some time reflecting on was thinking about, you know, Elon's approach at at business. You know, he's done this before where he goes in and he makes these really, really drastic cuts. Uh, to try to save money. And I know this has worked fairly well for him in the past, but I don't think that he really expected. I don't think that he could have seen that it do- it it would ultimately make them as weak as they are now because, you know, it's one thing just to be trying to get by with uh, a fraction of your workforce and you know kind of limp along but it's an entirely different landscape when now you're trying to hold your position and now kind of battle a newcomer who is you know really coming at you fast and furious and you don't have the same army to fight the fight so i i think it's going to be i i think it's going to be a really a a, like tough uphill battle for twitter um you know i I can't project what's going to happen, but I think from a business standpoint, you know, there's a lot to be learned. I mean, there's a saying, and I always get these sayings wrong, Joey, but I think it goes something like, um, you know, always work. What is the saying? Always work like your competitors are working like twice as hard. What is the saying? I'm sure you know it. Uh, I don't, Summer, but this is a fun pod moment. It's cool. We'll roll with it. Let's make something up. 
<laughs> so always always work as if your competitors are working twice as hard and always work as if your competitors uh could tap your talent which you know that that's something we we talk about um in the hr world all the time is even state interviews and uh exit interviews and you know what is it about the company that keeps you here and a question that um you know, I've asked before with, with groups is if a competitor were to be built across the street, you know, what would entice you to, to go work for them? So yeah, you know, this war on talent, it's a, it's a real thing. The, the war for talent is a real thing. We talk about it in recruiting. We talk about it in HR. We are now seeing a true, uh, byproduct of that where, uh, Twitter made a, some would call it calculated, some would call it not calculated, but they made a move to let go of talent and that talent went somewhere and that talent did something. And now Threads is the fastest app to 100 million subscribers, even faster than ChatGPT, which broke mind-blowing records of taking like 20 days or something. I think Threads did it in like a couple hours. Um, so, so yeah, I think that there, there are many business um, takeaways from it is definitely keep a pulse on uh, what's out there in social media and how people are connecting. Um, follow the trends because your customers are likely on this and your employees are on it and your vendors and your partners. So see, you know, well, what's the sentiment? Why are people going from, you know, Twitter where it's, you know, pretty divisive to threads where it's, it's, it's more uh, an attempt to unite. Um, and then also talent, right? Making sure that, um, talent is, uh, protected and that you do what you, you've got to do to make sure that people, um, stay on your team. And the, the last thing, Summer, before we, we go on to the, the next piece that I, I totally forgot, but, um, I'm sure our audience will appreciate. Do you remember when, uh, Zuck was the bad guy? And now he's the good guy because he's got the app everyone's going to. So the sentiment of business, you know, just keep the hits coming. And and then, you know, you may be the bad guy today, which will be the good guy a couple months from now. So um, I, I can't even remember what controversy Apple was. I'm sorry, Meta uh, was in. Um, but now all of that doesn't matter in, in the grand scheme of things because people are talking about threads and talking about it positively so <laughs> it's quickly it, it's amazing how quickly the tides can turn i mean yeah. you know hate him or love him i i think he's you know he's he's brilliant for what he's been able to create uh you know with with the business and i'm so curious to see how this pans out but early indicators not looking good it's not yeah. looking good for Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it's already, you know, valued for less than what Elon bought it for. And just with um, the tides of the economy and maybe advertisers, um, you know, finding new places to invest their their dollars. Um, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough sell, tough sell for sure. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and, and jump into Consultants Quarter. And Consultants Corner is where we talk about the good, bad, and ugly about life in the trenches uh, from an HR standpoint. And so 
we get we get letters, we get emails, we get uh, comments on social media, we see things, and it's like, oh, I want to take a note of that because we may want to talk about it on the show. This one, um, I feel like we are. Uh, do you remember Love Line uh, Summer? You remember that show, Doctor Drew and Adam Carolla? I do actually. I do. That's actually the first. I think the first place I ever like heard about those two i mean now they're like well known but they were yeah. yeah they were on a local i think it was like a local radio station actually here in california yeah it was uh i think it was k-rock it was k-rock Good memory. And, uh, <laughs> it, well because it was it was uh syndicated all across the, the u.s so uh i got to hear it over in maryland but um it's super deep cut for for those of you who uh who know love line but this this feels like love line because someone's asking us some relationship advice that has a hint of HR in it. And so uh, the question is, um, of course, asking for a friend. <laughs> Say there is a female employee that is asking a male employee on dates and overall making him uncomfortable. His manager asks if he wants her to do anything about it. So the manager is, is a, a woman. Um, and he says no. It will make it worse. So, Summer, um, this person's asking for a friend, obviously. But what would you tell the uh, the employee, the the man that is getting asked out on dates? Uh, what would you tell? Well, I, I think I have to fall back on you know kind of some of my good HR uh, tips and guidance that I would share with anybody in this situation, and that is the the most important thing is to make sure that you communicate to the individual that's making you uncomfortable that their behavior is not welcome that and that they're not interested and that they want it to stop. Yeah, it's it's. It's that it's that piece. Um, what what do you want them to do, right? So, people people are very bad at reading um, yellow lights, uh, but you gotta give them a red light. <laughs> you gotta say stop. I want you to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so okay. So you would tell you would tell him to uh, ask the, the the young lady to stop. Um, Let's, you know, we're HR folks. Let's let's look at this at another level and say, what type of policy or prevention could an organization put in place so that if people are not wanting this type of attention, um, mm -hmm. what 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 should an organization do? Oh, tough questions, Joey. Well, of course, uh, every company should have their anti-harassment policy to set and kind of manage expectations. But another one that comes to mind that we've actually talked about on another podcast is a company dating policy. Uh, I think that just goes a little bit further to set expectations about what is or isn't permitted in terms of workplace relationships. So uh, you know, you talked about yellow lights, and I love that term because I feel like most people in the workplace want to be polite. They don't want to make anything uncomfortable. They don't want to upset somebody. So even in this situation where it sounds like the gentleman was uncomfortable, uh, 
it sounds like he wasn't ready to put up the red light and instead was like maybe kind of trying to tiptoe it. And unfortunately, that's where there's mixed signals. <laughs> yeah. Because not everybody is going to see and hear the same thing that like, no, they're they're really telling me no, they're not interested. Um, but you know, miscommunication happens regularly. Yeah, it does. It does. And that's that's why we offer disc because um communication is such a a thing that people don't understand mm -hmm. uh, about one another because we bring our own biases preferences and observations mm -hmm. into the scenarios and situations that we come across without thinking that maybe someone sees this a little bit differently so you know I definitely want to have a, a dating policy definitely want to have a uh um, you know, workplace romance policy, but also, you know, to that, to that manager's piece, you know, I, I think it is important for a manager to, and this is just me, this is just me. You can feel free to disagree, but you know, I feel like a, a manager's role is to at least kind of, um, have the, okay, have the training and the okay to, uh, speak into a situation like this, um, but know how to do it because there's a wrong way and a right way to address you know, workplace romance issues. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have the person, you know, that's feel embarrassed or what have you, but maybe just a friendly reminder is a way to let them know like, Hey, um, this is, it's not okay. Just letting you know that someone else knows and just letting you know from another person mm -hmm. that, um, you know, this behavior isn't necessarily appreciated. So, uh, it's not, it's not to, again, make the person feel, feel bad, but you have a duty as a manager to ensure that everyone has a great place to work, a great environment to work. And if you are aware and you have the influence on the personnel, you've got to, you've got to say something. I think so. You do, and, and I'll take that a little bit further and share some of my thoughts and advice because... <clears throat> You know, this is an interesting situation where it's a female asking a male, right, or making male uncomfortable. And we typically hear like more common than the other way around, but they do occur. And I, I think first off, it's really important that we treat them equally, right, that we treat them just as serious, um, whether it's one, it's, you know, a male asking a female out the other direction or any combination of like they need to be treated with the same severity, the same, you know, the same handling. And I've actually run into similar situations, uh, you know, working in HR where there's been something that an individual has said to another or done that made them uncomfortable. And this be behavior con continued and the manager knew about it, but didn't think that it was that serious or the manager knew about it, but was asked actually not to report it. And I, I think the takeaway here that you touched on, Joey, is that if you are a manager and you have any knowledge that somebody is doing something that's making somebody uncomfortable, as soon as you learn of that, you have an obligation to the company. You have a duty to handle it. Now, it doesn't mean you have to handle it yourself. It may mean that you report it to HR or you report it to your manager. But I think the biggest takeaway is you can't keep it to yourself. And 
you know, that's often how I have that conversation. You know, if somebody comes to me and is like, hey, so-and-so, you know, is doing this, making me really uncomfortable. You know, I, I you know, I, I'm losing sleep. It's really stressing me out. Um, I'm going to take care of it. I don't want you to do anything. I would say to them, like, I really want to respect your request of me. I do have an obligation to ensure that you are safe and that you are comfortable here. And I I do need to investigate this and to please know that to the extent that I can, I will maintain your confidentiality. But because I now know, I'm really sorry, I can't not do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we see uh, totally awful things in the news all the time where it's like, gosh, if someone would have spoken up, something wouldn't, this bad wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Uh, there was recently uh, a, a big thing in, in college sports where there was a, a football team that had uh, inappropriate hazing. And so the school launched an investigation. And this isn't a direct quote, but this is essentially what they said. They said, while the coach wasn't aware, the coach is still held responsible because there were plenty of opportunities for him to be aware. So the naivety, the out of sight, out of mind, isn't an excuse when it comes to liability in the workplace. And so it's not just you know, colleges and, and hazing, but it's it's things that make people uncomfortable no, no matter what. Yeah, and there is actually a saying, one of my awesome um, bosses I used to work for, Allison Wagner, uh, when we had these similar conversations, the way that we would explain it to managers uh, is that if you as a manager know, we know. So the saying was, if you know, we know. And, you know, kind of the message that we were trying to help uh, these managers understand is that we is the company. So if you as an employee know of something, the company has knowledge and therefore the company can be responsible for anything that may come out of this. So you have a duty to report. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, you know, the takeaway from this piece for sure is... um, even though the, the 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 guy is saying, "Hey, no, it's cool. I'll, I'll handle it." Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more risk in letting this just play out than having some form of intervention. And you also want to make sure that you have some policies and guidelines in place so that if it is an issue, you all parties know what the rules of the road are for the organization. And Summer, I love that phrase. Uh, if you know, we know. So if, if 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 someone who is in company leadership is aware of a situation, then the company knows and the company could be held responsible. And uh, I don't know about you, Summer, but that's not the kind of guilt I want on my conscience. So, uh, you know, do the appropriate thing and, and set the appropriate measures in place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, these have been some really great topics today. And You know, for our listeners that have stuck around, thanks for joining us. I'd say, you know, if you have any questions or any topics that you would like Joey and I to cover on a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. We've we've got some really great questions from our audience and look forward to keep answering them here. Yeah, certainly, certainly, certainly. So uh, till next 
time, actually on our next episode, you might want to pay attention because we are talking about TikTok trends and what they might mean for workplace engagement and uh, how to stop workplace gossip. So you'll have to check out next week's episode for that. All right. Have a great one. Thanks, everyone.